You're listening to Hungry Gen Audio Podcast. A great dream requires an even a greater team. And the Lord is building our team. He's making us stronger. Today I'm going to talk about that in the form of an illustration and also as scriptural references. In Jesus' ministry there was two incidents where people were fishing all night and caught nothing. The first one happened in Luke chapter 5. And the last one happened in John chapter 21. In Luke chapter 5 you probably remember that verse where it says the following, we have toiled all night and caught, what is that word? Nothing. Nothing. It's disappointing, discouraging, very very defeating. They were disappointed, they were very tired and this was in the beginning of Jesus' ministry. He addresses Peter, he gets into the Peter's boat and then he tells them to go out and to launch into the deep and they will catch something. They caught so much fish, the Bible says that the net was breaking and the boats were sinking. So the harvest was so great, the, the catching of the fish was so great that it almost drowned the boat and it started to rip the nets. And then the next time that this happened again, it was after his resurrection where Jesus rose from the dead. At John chapter 21, disciples went back into their old way of fishing and they caught nothing. And the Bible says Jesus came to them and says, almost like rubber in their face, like, hey, how's it going out there? And they put their heads down and said, uh, we caught nothing. And then he told them to put the nets on the other side. And when they did that, they caught so much fish but this time boats and nets did not rip and didn't sink. It was still a great harvest but boats were stronger, nets were better and this miracle catch did not kill them. Two things I want to bring out of that. One is that it is the will of God to turn your nothing into a crazy miracle. Jesus didn't come and say, well you cut nothing, it must be the will of God. Never allow your nothing to define your theology. Never allow your nothing to become the basis of how you see God now. I think it was Todd White, dreadlocks evangelist, who prayed for 1,200 people before he saw somebody healed. About six months. And he said, when I prayed for people, 10 people a day, 10 or more people a day, I prayed and they didn't get healed. I went back to the Bible. He said, what I found surprising is the Bible still said, heal the sick and cast out demons. He said, the pages of the Bible did not change with my experience. So I decided to allow the pages of the Bible affect my experience. So I want to encourage every person today who's maybe cut nothing in their life. Maybe you cut nothing financially. Maybe you cut nothing. I realize we have a lot of single people in our church and maybe your nets are empty. You cut nothing in your relationship net. Maybe you cut nothing in your family net. Maybe you, you realize you've done what's right. You've done all that you could but you cut nothing. I want to tell you that do not allow that nothing as long as there is breath in your nostrils to become the definition of the will of God for your life. Because there is a season, there is a time of God where the Lord comes into our life and He shifts things. He changes things and you stand and you testify is that there was nothing for year one, year two, year three, year four, year five and then something happened. From nothing came something and that something became miraculous. That something became supernatural. That something is something no one can take credit for. 
that something is the grace of God that something is the miracle from God that something is that you found no more tumor in your body that something is that you have no more nightmares in your night that something is you found a husband you found a wife your kid came home God delivered your child that something is a miracle catch somebody shout miracle catch somebody shout miracle catch somebody shout I will catch my miracle a miracle catch out of nothing came something some of you nobody has ever in your family had a house and you cut no houses you you still live in rent all you know is you lived in rent but the word of God says that in a promised land you will have houses you didn't build why houses one for you and one for somebody who cannot find a house you will catch something never allow your nothing to stop you and define God for you did twice Jesus did it where he found guys who cut nothing but it was their profession they tried their best he came into their situation and Jesus though didn't study in fishing he's still Lord over fish over the sea over houses real estate health over relationships romance broken relationships Jesus is Lord over all somebody say amen and we see that nothing with Jesus can become something but another thing that I see is that not everyone is ready for something we assume that because we have nets and we have a boat that we are ready but sometimes what happens is we realize that a blessing requires a certain system a certain mindset for that blessing not to rip your life to pieces if a blessing can automatically change your life for good then everyone who won lottery would be somewhere on the level with Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates but they're not because it's not only about getting the miracle catch you have to have something and Jesus is not responsible for this part Jesus didn't give and doesn't look into your nets he lets you be responsible for that and if your nets are weak and the catch is great your nets will rip and some people get more destroyed by their blessing than their failure. They get more destroyed by their success than they ever had by the struggles that they faced. So I want to tell you today is the success is a heavy burden to carry. A lot more heavier than the failure. And in both cases we need God. In our failure we need God and in our success we need God the more. When you're single, ready to mingle, you need God. And when you're single no more because you're mingling, you need God. Oh, and you will know you will need God when your spouse begins to get on your nerves. You're like, Lord, I need you more. <laughs> when you don't have children and you want to have children, you need God. And when you get so many children that you say, God, you're the only one I need in my life right now. Help me to get through this. When you're broke and you can't make ends meet, you barely can pay bills. And then your business is taken off and you have a lot of money and now the employees are driving you crazy the taxes and all of this stuff you know man it was so easy when the only thing i had to do is pay my phone bill my insurance and my mortgage and now i'm responsible for 40 50 other people where they're gonna get their money and all of the stuff because success has its weight miracle catch was heavy and it required nets to be strong enough 
you're asking God for a miracle catch can I ask you a question are your nets ready we're asking God for revival but are our nets ready and that's one of the things that's going to happen today is we're going to talk about our nets to have a miracle catch from this story I want to bring up four simple points first one is you have to get into the boat you can't catch anything if you're going to swim into the deep sea and try to catch it with your bare hands you have to go into the boat Jesus the Bible says he rented Peter's boat he got into it and from it he was teaching what the boat is in our life is it's a place in your mind that is solid where everything in your life is liquid what I mean by that is when your life is a sea you need a boat where things are solid things are stable it's called faith it's called a dream it's called a vision it's called a prophetic word the purpose of the boat is not to drive out the sea is to get through it the boat doesn't come doesn't cause the water to evaporate and disappear no the boat doesn't fight with the water it can't change the water what it does it just floats on the top of it and it gets you across of it without dying in it it gives you the freedom from not struggling by swimming through the sea you don't need to stand with a rod and command the sea to split like Moses did you can get into the boat and get through it dry when everything around is wet some of us I feel like we're like Moses we're expecting God to get rid of all of our problems so we can walk through our life on the dry ground but what if Jesus has a different way for you what if instead of drying up all of your problems he wants to he wants you and I to get into the boat of his prophetic word a dream he gave you a vision he gave you or the faith that he has graciously deposited into you and get into it and realize this might not cause all of your water to leave but it will help you to get through it on the other side without it getting inside of you For that for me as a pastor this means that if things around are not moving I have to live in the place in here and in here where I am reflected of what God says what God thinks not reflecting of what people say how I feel and what I see and what is happening in every situation of your life the first step before the Lord does a miracle in your life he wants to do a miracle in your mind and in your heart by pulling it out from the grip of your reality and putting it inside of the grip of his revelation what he says about you what he said about your situation the word that he is given but the problem with the boat is that you get into it and you say but yeah this is this is nice Jesus said that I will have this Jesus said that I am this Jesus said that he will do this in my life that the prophetic word that I got five years ago said this the the dream that God gave me said this but you know this lake is still there please the prophetic word is not going to cause the lake to evaporate but if you're smart enough patient enough and you will hustle a little bit put in some work in that prophetic word you will row yourself through all the troubles you got onto the other side without God ever splitting your Red Sea. 
Can I remind you that Jesus was in the boat? Jesus lives in your dream. He lives in your faith. Out of all the graces, faith honors God the most and God honors faith the most. Because what faith says about God is God is good, He's trustworthy, He's gonna get you through. What your feelings say about God is I'm not sure if He's there, if He loves me and all of this stuff and therefore God is teaching from your boat. He lives in your faith and He says why don't you move in in your faith as well. Let's do this together. The problems will be there all the time but you can be living in my promise not in the reality of the problems. There was a young man in 1900s, he was eight years of age, he went to school to start a fire in the classroom to keep the classroom warm as it was the tradition of those days you know there was no heaters you just start a fire. What he did not know is the night before somebody went in and poured gasoline on the fire. So when he started the fire um, the flame just busted quickly and it killed his brother right away on the spot but it burned so much skin on his body that from his waist and his knees all of that skin was gone and he lost the mobility of his legs. He was put in, in, a, in a hospital, I'm sorry, he was put in the hospital as they were um, trying to bring him back. He was unconscious for some time and then finally they got a chance to bring him back to life. He was good. The only thing is that he was not able to move. A few months later they uh, dismissed him from the hospital on the wheelchair. He went back home and he had the audacity to tell everyone according to the Word of God what it says, I will run and not get weary and I will soar with wings like eagles. So he told everybody, not only I will walk, but I will run. Two years, he was in that promise. The doctor's report says there was no way. You, you, you have no physical mobility. Your, your legs are gone. You're done. Just be happy that you can still be in a wheelchair. And he says, but God's word says, those who wait upon the Lord, but he didn't just stood on that word every day. Family would see him as they would pull him to a park. He would fall from the wheelchair, crawl to the fence, grab onto the fence and try to take a first step. Two years like that and two years later he stood on his own. See the word of God is not given to you to cause all the problems to go away. It gives you a safe place that you can get through them if God doesn't remove them right away. That's what happened to disciples. They got into the boat before they got a miracle. Not only he walked, he trained himself to run. To that point that in 1900s he won so many medals that he was known as a Kansas City Flyer. So he was known as the one who flies. Remember that was his word. He will soar with wings like eagles. This was in the newspapers and you can google it where they call him Kansas City Flyer. In 1934, Glenn Cunningham broke a world record for one mile run. He got to the other side. He got to the other side. He took the promise from God and got into it and says, you know what? I still have a lot of work to do, but hey, I got these things. This is called hustle. This is called work out your salvation with fear and trembling. This is called take the promise of God and work it. 
this is called you know this is what God says and I don't have any other options I either gonna swim through this sea which I'm gonna get tired and really die fast or I'm gonna stand in the promise of God and work with that promise of God if you want to experience a miracle catch in your life I want to tell you something your mind has to stop reflecting your reality your mind has to stop being a sidewalk that everybody and anybody walks upon your mind is a disciple of the Holy Spirit it's not a slave to your circumstances that means you put yourself in the boat of God's promise. What is the promise God has given you? What is the vision God has given you? What is the prophetic word that God has given to you? Don't swim through life. Get in the boat. Live in that promise. Live out of that promise. I love the testimony that was spoken today. Is when she says, before I tried to fight with the problems in my life, I tried to pray for my son, I cried for my son. Now when I gave him to God, I have a sense of peace. The crazy part, the problem is still there. What happens with her is that now she's in the boat in those problems. She's not swimming through those problems. Now something is protecting her. It's called God's peace. When you get into God's promise, you get God's peace. And when you get God's peace, you stand in your problems. Other people try to get through them, survive through them, but you thrive in them. Why? Because God is on your side. Because God's peace is a prophet of what God is going to do. But Vlad, what if I will never see a change in my life? You will get to the other side without getting wet. When we die, all of our problems are going to be gone, including yours. All of them. We will all get to the other side, my friends. We don't believe in Jesus only for what He's going to do for us here. We have hopes that are bigger than beyond the grave. But we must live here in the boat. Number one is get in the boat. Number two, Jesus tells disciples who were trying to catch the fish and couldn't. He says, go into the deep. That's your neighbor say, go deeper. Go deep. I think this applies to our church. This applies to you individually. This applies to all of us. Is the Lord wants us to take our relationship with Him from a garage to a highway. He wants to take our relationship from the shore into the deep. I'm not talking about the deep that every day you see angels and feathers show up and you got golden dust and golden teeth showing up. Nothing wrong with that. If that's your way of deep, that's good. But there's more to depth than um, a lot of spiritual manifestations that accumulate around your life. The depth, one time I asked the Lord, what does it mean to go deep? And he just simply said, you know, when, when you drop something deep, when the roots go deep, they go down. He said, as long as you go down, you go deep. It's very simple. He said, you want to go deep? He says, deep is not being profound or confusing or superstitious or people say, oh, that, that, that's him. We'll stay away from him. But that guy is deep. Which is our way of saying, I have no idea what he says when he says something. <laughs> right? Come on. That's how we say, that's how we, with politely we tell somebody they're confusing. They say, you're deep. That's not the depth that I want to present to you. The depth I want to present to you is when you go, when your roots go deeper, meaning when you become lower in your own eyes and God becomes bigger in your own. When you go in humility, you go in God's depth. Being deep, meaning when you consecrate yourself to, to pray, to fast and to give yourself to the Lord. 
A young lady attends our home group. Last year she felt led to fast for 21 days on water. And so um, we saw her fasting, you know, every Tuesday when she would come to our home group, we saw her face getting smaller and smaller. So we knew she was still fasting. <laughs> and uh, on the think 18th or something day, it was pretty tempting uh, to, to end it, but she, she went through it to the end. She had a lot of setbacks and disappointments. She finished the fasting and then we announced the sacrifice Sunday. So she's like, oh, really? And so then she takes one more step even deeper where she decides to give a very very painful sacrifice to the Lord. Little did she know is in launching to the deep that God had a miracle catch for her. Not long after the sacrifice and the fasting she gets a phone call that a clinic from Seattle is planning to be start, started here and they want her not to be an employee of the clinic but to run the whole clinic and not only that a starting pay is they bumped her pay three times more than what she was paying at that time and she now is a leader of that clinic in tri-cities <clears throat> now when i when somebody else gets opportunity like that they'll say well great because i'm talented when you ask her why did she get that she will tell you this i caught my cap my catch when i launched into the deep God wants you to launch into the deep. A lot of times people say, I want to see breakthrough. You have to go into the deep in prayer. Go into the deep in fasting. Go into the deep in what God asks of you. God might not ask you to fast for 21 days. He might ask you to eat for 21 days. Well, I don't think he needs to ask us of that. We will do that perfectly on our own. He might ask you to do something else like forgive your spouse. He might ask you to, to love on somebody that you, you hate. Don't ever copy somebody's works of faith copy their faith that propelled those works. Pharaoh followed Israel. He copied them. The problem is God never told Pharaoh to step into the Red Sea. God told Israel to step to the Red Sea. But the Red Sea was still open. He, they did it and it worked for them. I will do it and it will work for me. And he did it and he collapsed in it. Many times we copy each other's acts of passion and it backfires on us because we need to copy the faith and the passion that propels those acts and your passion and your faith will propel you to different actions to different works of sacrifice and giving of, of consecration and that is what will give you a blessing but it's not that it's the fact that you were obedient to the Lord and what he led you to do so I just want to encourage each one of you that your depth might be different than mine. That's why let's not stand here and compare how deep we are. Because the real sign that you are deep is if you cut something. If you cut nothing and, and you only that's all you got my friend. Uh, maybe you're still not there where the Lord wants you to be. Maybe you're working on it yet. Are you with me? Number three, not only he says to go deep. Not only we have to get in a boat but we have to cast down our nets. Cast down our nets what that means in, in and I'm not going to touch business or family or relationships but if you're single uh, the Lord wants you to cast down your nets. Uh, talk to other people. Now not the high schooler students. I see the high school students smiling at me. Not you. <clears throat> the Lord rebuke you in Jesus name. Not you. I'm talking about uh, the single people who are ready to mingle. Um, maybe in other areas cast down your nest. There's a practical thing that you have to do in, in that. For us as a church, 
God wants us to go deep in prayer. God wants us to walk in vision and in faith. But the third thing the Lord wants us to do as a church is always to give an opportunity for people to accept Jesus Christ. Cast down our nets. Whether it's a prophetic service, race to deliver service, on our trips, on our mission trips, always cast down our nets because we're believing for a miracle catch of salvations. How we do it is this, is that we take a month, month of before the harvest month and we intercede. And then during the month of harvest, which is for us this month, we invite. And we're going to do exactly the same thing for the month in the summer, for August and July. But as of this month, I want to give you a little report of what was caught. In the month of April, we've seen 38 people give their life to Jesus on Sundays. 19 people gave their life to Jesus online just in this month. 200 people, 197, 198 people gave their life to Jesus at the Race to Deliver conference. That's double from last year. It's going to connect more with you guys. 40 people gave their life to Jesus on our mission trip. 38 people gave their life to Jesus just last Sunday in a kids zone. So a total of 336 people gave their life to Jesus this month. Let's give the Lord a round of applause. My friend, we took a month before this month and we fasted and prayed. And this month we went strategic, intentional to invite people. All of us were like a net. We did it together every person invited somebody I saw uh, my wife invited uh, a young lady named Jessica from from Ross so she meets a stranger she'd never seen her before meets her in Ross the evangelistic pool of my wife is is stores where they sell clothes on discount she meets her in Ross invites her to church not long after Yesenia invites Jessica in TJ Maxx. <laughs> that girl realizes I need to stop going and shopping because I keep getting invited to Hungry Generation. So somebody else invites Jessica in TJ Maxx not long after the same day. And last Sunday Jessica came for the first time to our church and Jessica gave her life to Jesus. <laughs> Ross evangelism, TJ Maxx evangelism. We see also how Dwayne, he lived a life where his mom saw the difference and then he invited a family member and she came and she gave her life to the Lord. I want to tell you that whether it's strangers that you've never met and who will become part of your spiritual family or your biological family whom you know, the Lord wants us to be a net that draws people to salvation. Can somebody say amen? We are as a church, if we lose the focus of people coming to know Jesus Christ, we lost. It doesn't matter how many people will come here. If saving people is only so that our church gets big instead of the kingdom of God getting big, we already lost and we need to close the church down right away. Church is dead if it stops saving dead people. That's all. That's the most important thing about us is people meeting Jesus. Deliverance, healing, prophecy, home groups, all of that follows that. But Jesus died for lost and we need to live for that purpose. Cast the nets down. And the last thing is not only we have to cast the net down, we have to pull the net to the shore. 
in John chapter 21 when they cast the net down Jesus came on the shore and he shouted to them you know did you guys get any fish and they're like yeah now we're getting a lot of fish and Peter sees that they get they caught a lot of fish Peter takes all of his clothes off and I mean there was no paparazzi there so he was able to do that he swims to Jesus like oh my goodness Jesus it is you I was such a loser when I denied you three times I did not know what I was doing please forgive me and Jesus says Peter are you done yes he says now I want you to go and bring me some of that fish you caught I wondered and I pondered and wondered this weekend about this verse that Jesus didn't say to Peter let that fish go back into the sea he says bring me that fish you just caught but Jesus we caught it already and Peter goes back into that sea and the Bible says they begin to pull hundreds of fish to the shore it's a lot of work the fish wouldn't come to the shore on its own it needed to be pulled I believe this speaks of discipleship and church community. Catching people in the net is the salvation but bringing them into the shore speaks of consolidation and discipleship. And the word pool, I didn't put word, um, the word that is used in the Bible which is said drag. I didn't use that word drag but I do feel like most of us have to be dragged into a community. Can we be real right now? When it comes to church, it's somehow you're, we're drawn to church as Christians. We know it's a Christian obligation to show up. We don't know what it says in the Bible, but somewhere it says in the Bible, if you don't go to church, you don't go to heaven. So somewhere we've been taught like that. But when it comes to community, when it comes to us being disciple, when it comes to us going to a small group, when it comes to us finding some people who can build a relationship with God, we're like a resistant, rebellious fish in the net. So, uh, uh, I got on Sunday, that's all I'm going to do. I am in the net that's all you're gonna get out of me but Jesus is asking us to bring you not just to the altar but put you on the altar he doesn't just want you to come to the cross he wants you to get on the cross he doesn't just want you to be a believer he wants you to be a disciple and for that to happen you have to move from being caught in the net to being pool to the shore thanks for listening to this week's message from hungry generation stay connected with us on facebook instagram twitter and snapchat by using at hungry gen stay blessed and we'll see you next week